Good morning and welcome to the VSA Capital Five Minute Morning Miner, Wednesday, January the 19th, halfway through the week. Feels like a long one to me. How about you, Paul? Feels like a long one to me, too. Uh, weather has turned a little bit uh, uh, gloomier, I guess, with the uh, cloudy skies and uh, pretty cold. Well, cloudy skies mean it's actually a little bit warmer. There was no frost this morning. It was a couple of degrees warmer, actually, but could get chilly Friday morning. Anyway, mm -hmm. let's move on to mining. We can't just do the weather every morning when we do this five-minute morning miner. This is not a five-minute weather forecast. Um, <laughs> There's a few things out this morning. Why don't we start with uh, actually Sentiment, maybe? They had uh, production guidance, which was actually all in line, wasn't it? And Outlook is sort of in line as well. Yes, that's right. Uh, they uh, put out their production statement here for fourth quarter and full year. Uh, gold production uh, of 107,000 ounces uh, for the uh, last three months and 415,000 ounces uh, for the 12 months, which is right in the middle of their uh, guidance uh, range that they had previously published. Revenue was 183 million uh, in the quarter on sales of uh, just shy of a uh, 100,000 ounces at a realized price of $1,830 an ounce. Full year revenue, $733 million on 407,000 ounces of sales. And just shy of $1,800 an ounce was the average selling price there. Cash costs and all-in sustaining costs at $972 and $1,256 uh, um, uh, respectively for the quarter and lower than that uh, on the full year. So we're seeing definitely some uh, increases in the costs uh, starting to feed through for the mining operations in a more accelerated way based on things like fuel and labor um, issues. Uh, lost time injuries, though, were better than forecast uh, all by almost uh, uh, 28% than their uh, target rate. And no material operational impacts from COVID-19. They have said also that they had previously published a production and cost guidance for this year, and there's no change to that. Okay, and uh, Antifagasta also gave us a production update where they sort of said that they had delivered what they said they would, but it looks like costs are up and production is down. What, how, what was your take, Paul? Yes, that's right. They're trying to put a best face on a situation here where uh, 1.2% copper production decline in the quarter and 1.4% on the year, uh, 721,000 tons produced on the year. On the other hand, though, the gold production was up by quite a lot, uh, 20, almost 24% to 252,000 ounces for the year. But they do have falling grades going on at the mines of Los Palombres, uh, and even as they're going uh, uh, through construction expansion at Los Palombres. Uh, they're expecting for the coming year something like uh, 600 and, uh, over 660,000 tons of uh, copper uh, production and 170,000 ounces of gold production. So we're going to see a fall off uh, quite significantly in gold output, uh, but hopefully uh, they will uh, get uh, some things happening to improve the outlook for this year. Um, but it doesn't uh, uh, give me a lot of confidence here at this point. Uh, well, whilst on gold, we had interims from uh, Pan-African Resources, didn't we? 
Yes, we did interim production results released there and they raised their guidance for the year, which was a key point uh, up now to they will intend to produce at least 200,000 ounces. 10% increase on their half year interim productions uh, at 108,000 ounces uh, produced so far. And that had been uh, led by the uh, tailings projects as opposed to the Barberton mines uh, themselves, uh, where the mines uh, were actually slightly down and the tailings uh, projects uh, otherwise were uh, up by a good uh, measure. And they've reduced their senior debt by 60% to just 24 million. So they're, uh, I would say they're in good uh, position here to uh, meet their uh, improved guidance, but also to do some deals, I think, this year. We love deals. It's going to end. This is the year of M&A. There needs to be lots and lots of M&A. Um, now, one that maybe is, is more for our, our Tech and Trans podcast and our Five Minute Morning Miner, but Bushveld obviously is a mining company. Uh, they've had an announcement today, haven't they, on what they're trying to do with Mustang and VRFB, and uh, which it's a right old bugger's muddle, isn't it, Paul? Can you make head or tail of it? Well, uh, coming down to what's simple in this statement here is that they've managed to get an extension on the uh, uh, settlement terms uh, here out to 28th of February, which uh, whereas they had uh, a uh, deadline uh, previously of, uh, first of all, right at the end of the year and then into uh, mid-January here. But it's all about the fact that the... Um, Anarox litigation has not yet been settled, and as a result, that's holding up some uh, transaction activity with Mustang Energy and the uh, VRFB uh, side of the business uh, that uh, had otherwise uh, been intended to be completed by this stage. So that's the that's the formal and simple uh, outlook on that. So, I mean, Bushveld now trading below 10p. Uh, we were criticised for saying that it was perhaps overvalued a few years back when it was trading above 40p, but I think we were right. Um, but um, there you go. You never get credit for being right, do you? Uh, anything else you want to discuss, Paul? Yes, I did want to talk about the rare earth space here as Linus Rare Earths had uh, put out uh, pretty uh, substantial uh, numbers here at this point. Uh, Main point to bring out with Linus is that it is the West's uh, number one integrated rare earths producer and processor. And with it, its numbers uh, showing 4,200 tons of rare earth oxides produced, which is an increase of uh, 33% on the prior quarter. And record sales at $202 million Australian, which is uh, 90% higher than the prior quarter, which means the rare earth prices are really strong at this point. And uh, that's what management has said as well, as it's all looking very rosy for them at this point. I mean, I think, you know, people always talk about, and I've just read a book funny about how China dominates the rare earth space. But I mean, there's rare earths actually all over the world. It's just that no one has bothered to put the mines into production. Um, that could change fairly quickly. But as you say, we, we have a few in the UK, uh, Pensana, obviously, and Makango being the the, uh, the main two. There's also Rainbow Rarus. Um, but it is an interesting space. Actually, just finally, Paul, it's maybe worth commenting, um, uh, I think, late resources, which we used to act for some time ago, took them around China, uh, and actually took them around the UK as well. Um, in fact, we did quite a lot of work for them, really. 
uh, and since then it's been a fantastic performer as, as lithium prices took took off. But it was one that yeah we identified many years ago. Yet again we got it right. Again, no one gets credit for that. Uh, but they've had a bit of news, I think, Paul, haven't they? Yes, they they formally announced that they are in fact uh, designing the uh, definitive feasibility study for the Kachi project now for an initial uh, production rate of 50,000 tons uh, of uh, battery grade uh, lithium carbonate, uh, making it the largest uh, 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 first phase uh, development of any lithium Brian pro- project ever. And it's also going to be the first of this particular type uh, at commercial scale intended uh, from the get go that uh, does uh, not use the evaporation pond uh, uh, separation model. So, it well, we wish them a lot of luck, but it's definitely a big challenge. Talking of credit where credit is due as well, you, you probably remember in the middle of last week, we were talking about everybody should buy ferro alloys at about 23, 24p. Uh, in the middle of this week, a week later, they've been up at sort of 33, 34p. So we just, uh, had you followed our advice, you'd have made about 40% in a week, um, which would have been a nice little turn to be made. Uh, actually, the stock's still a buy. Uh, I think by the end of this year, it will be trading up near at 70p. Um, there's my little piece of advice. Uh, anything else, Paul, should call it a day? Call it a day there, I think. It would be well. Very good, thanks.